0: yo welcome back or welcome to the educated food podcast i am one half of the educated fools this is jeff
1: and i'm the other half jerrell what's up everybody welcome back to another week yeah
0: welcome back to another week another episode of the educated food podcast and like we start off every episode let me get my begging on like us follow us share us tell all your people about us as we continue to grow this educated food empire and this week, we talking um, Roth Daniel. <laughs> I almost forgot what we were talking about. Uh, chicken disaster. From, from <laughs> and, chicken um, and, and what it means, you know, about... You know, we're going to talk about Russell Wilson. And, and dig deep into mm-hmm. the viral clip that kind of went out and what does that mean and just dive into that a little bit so before we do all that how you doing my brother
1: man i'm doing great and i'm loving the fact that we have the the video now so that people can see us but that has forced us to like kind of dress (laughs) we've been used to like coming coming on in loungewear and all that kind of stuff like that now i gotta put on my wig right like i got the pink wig on today um it's popping or whatever. It's not actually a wig for those people who will not see the video. It's a hat. Okay. But I call it my wigs because I am bald headed and ain't got no damn hair. And this is my hair substitute. All right? When you ain't got no edges, you put, you use the edges of the hat. Um so that's it. That's it, man. I'm I'm good though. I'm feeling great. You know, I I started my new job this week and going through orientation and that has been a ride. I am excited because my assistant director stepped up into the director position. She took my role, and she's loving it. And I, I, I love it for her because I'm sure she's killing it. And what else? Oh, and I'm still teaching my class at the college. So I get to <laughs> resign from the college but also teach my class until the end of the semester. So I'm excited about that. And my students, I don't know how they feel about it, but, you know, I'm of <laughs> them about it. So, yeah.
0: How you feeling, brother? Nah. I'm good. <laughs> I saw <laughs> I saw your post today. What's that? Where like one of your students was like congratulating you or whatever. Uh-huh. And you was like, Would you still miss some assignments? <laughs> like, <laughs> like these assignments still do. You have some action items.
1: <laughs> let's get them accomplished. Thank you. I-, I appreciate you, but let's get back to your work. That's right. My students know I am not about the games. Let's get to it and stay to it. Stay true to it. Yeah. Don't get distracted. Yes, yeah, so- <laughs> sir.
0: I found that funny um yeah. what's going on this week week two back at work mm-hmm. um so I'm getting my my legs back up under me um you know fixing some things that was broken <laughs> <laughs> um when right. I got in so trying to fix those things um I got two more resignations this week Damn. So on one of my campuses where I typically will have six employees I am down to one. Starting the end of next week, they all be gone. Um, yo, it's it's crazy. One, once again, for for major for for them, they're moving on. They're doing things that you know that makes them happy, um, right? But it, it's hard. Like it is, it is hard trying to adjust um, to a loss like that. When you know, I left in December. Everybody was happy. Yeah. I come back three le- three months later, and they're like jumping ship. Um, so it's, it's something to something to you know fight through, deal with, and we'll we'll figure it out. And this is peak but, season uh, dealing for dealing with that. What was that? This is peak season
1: for an admissions team.
0: Yeah, it's like Damn. our our big registration event is next month. Oh my God. Like the registration event is literally like three, maybe four weeks away. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get this accomplished with my staff like not here. So right. I'll figure it out. Okay. I will figure it out. Fair enough. Right? Like it's it is what it is. I'll figure it out. Um mm. getting over a cold. Yep. Yeah. I'm dealing with that. You know, my daughter haven't been around anyone really but me and her mom, my seven month old. So we take her to the daycare and she's sick already. So a cesspool
1: of germs. A daycare is a cesspool <laughs> of germs. So my sister and I'm gonna just tell. I'm a. I'm a. I'm gonna tell my sister right now because she's a listener to our show. I'm gonna just tell her right now. I don't care what you think. I still think what I think. I think that my nephew got COVID from a daycare. I do. Mm. And brought it back home. I I think so. Mm. I think so. Like. I ain't even going to go into it. I'm not going to tell like business or whatever have you. And actually, I shouldn't have said that. But what I will say is, <laughs> what I will say is some of these, some of these daycares is just unavoidable. And as clean as they are, as much as you try to clean up after kids or whatever have you, like, I don't doubt that, you know, uh, little baby G goes to a, an, an, an immaculate daycare center. But I mean, there's just other kids around and they're going back home to their families and they're bringing stuff from their siblings and all types of other stuff. And it's just uh, dirt is going to transpire. Like, there's no way to avoid it. Germs, you know?
0: Yeah. And but the the lighter end of, of the week, you know, dealing with sick kid, all my staff jumping ship. <laughs> um, there was some foolishness that got me through this week. and one of the biggest things this week for me, at least in terms of foolishness, beautiful, beautiful Paula Patton. Like everybody has their flaws and she put her flaw on display for the world this week. (laughs) If y'all haven't seen please go to your Instagram or Google. If you don't have Instagram, Paula Patton. And I guarantee you the first thing that comes up isn't her IMDB. Isn't talking about her marriage to Robin Thicke. No, I guarantee you what you're going to see is Paula Patton frying chicken. If that's, that's so what ghetto. if that's what we want to call it. <laughs> that's
1: so ghetto.
0: Oh. Oh my goodness. Paula, Paula, Paula.
1: I'm so disappointed. <laughs> Paula in this pink on the inside chicken.
0: I can't. I can't. Ah. Oh. And as Paula someone who like
1: the ancestors,
0: I pride myself on cooking, right? Like Those who follow me and know me know that like I pride myself on cooking, like my second career would be a chef if like if I had to pick a second career, it'll be a chef like I love to cook. I have never seen someone demolish chicken the way Paula did. Ever, ever. like. And I've seen some terrible, terrible fried chicken videos. But what Paula Patton did to her chicken is criminal.
1: Criminal. How, how you, <laughs> dear God. Dear God. Dear God. Paula. Paula. How? How? How do you have? How, why did you think that olive oil... Was good for frying chicken. (laughs) Olive oil, my niggas, olive oil, the most volatile oil of all the oils. You thought that that was going to fry you up some nice chicken?
0: Mistake number one.
1: (laughs) Mistake number two post seasoned chicken. (laughs) I've heard of pre-seasoning the chicken, like when the chicken, you you put your seasons on the chicken, you wash the chicken off, or some people don't wash it off because it actually spreads salmonella. So for me, I don't wash chicken, and that might be my chicken flaw, right? So if you come to my house expecting some washed off chicken, that ain't gonna happen. I ain't washing that damn chicken. I ain't trying to spread salmonella all over my kitchen, but I will season the chicken before I flour the chicken and put it in some Crisco And not no damn olive
0: oil. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I used to, like, I grew up cleaning your chicken, right? Like, that's what grandma taught me. You better clean my chicken. And then, you know, once again, I I really do this cooking thing. And Mm -hmm. chefs around the world, like, world-quality chefs were like, you actually shouldn't clean your chicken. You're spreading disease essentially disease and bacteria all over your kitchen all over you all don't over. need to do that right so i stopped like i, I stopped doing it after after I, I googled that to figure it out so so but back to paula yeah. i have never in my life seen someone dust like put their chicken and flour. I've seen that. That's that's what you do. I've seen <laughs> right, that. You
1: put, you put the chicken and flour.
0: You know, you put your chicken in the grease, even, although it was olive oil. Um, mm. But I've never seen no one with it while it's frying. Sprinkle seasoning on the top of the chicken while it's frying and the amount of seasoning salt she put on that chicken.
1: Dear God. Dear God.
0: She about to kill somebody with all that salt. It made the
1: grease black. (laughs) (laughs) That grease was so goddamn black. I was like, Paula, what is wrong with you? And then she had the nerve (laughs) to make another video. (laughs) But she was like, I get it. Everybody has their chicken and they do their chicken differently, but that's just how my mom do it. So I went to the Googles because I was like, I don't know which side of Paula is black and which side is white. So I went to the Googles and I saw her mom and in true Negro fashion, I was like, "Mm, that's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's it.
0: Like. (laughs) That's it. So, you know, people don't really like stereotypes, right? But sometimes, them shits be accurate as hell. And when you Google Paula Patton's mom, because she says that's who she got that recipe, every black person in the world was like, that's it. Okay. I get it. We get it.
1: We get it. We get it. Because her mama don't look like she got no kind of soul, no kind of flair. She just... I'm gonna leave it there.
0: That that was one of my favorite like TikToks, the original one when it was like when you think you have COVID, right? They're eating food. He's like, when you think you have COVID because you can't taste the food, and then you remember my wife is white.
1: (laughs) Or or the one where it was like, name one thing that white people cook better than black people. (laughs) They said and they said (laughs) math. I was hollering. I was hollering. Now these are jokes. These are not our jokes, everybody. Okay, we're, we're, these aren't these aren't our jokes. But I you, did laugh.
0: <laughs> you can find them on social media.
1: <laughs> you can find them on social media, and I did find them but, and laugh.
0: But this is what I. This is what I'm gonna do, though. This is what I'm gonna do. Um, y'all can follow me, Doctor J from LA, and I'm going to cook Paula Patton's chicken the way she did it.
1: So I'm gonna call Bonnie first. <laughs> <laughs> and warn your wife that you're about to fuck her chicken up, okay? <laughs> chicken, <laughs> chicken is too expensive. I'm calling your wife. <laughs> I'm going to Facebook your wife and be like, yo, you might want to check on
0: Jay. <laughs> We're we going to do this. We're going to do Now, it will be less seasoning salt. I'm letting y'all know that off the rip. Like, <laughs> ain't no way in hell. And it, I'm, trust me, I'm only doing like three... Three little wings. Like I'm not about to waste chicken because <laughs> was, I know what the result is going to be. But I just have like curiosity is killing me. Like, so I will be doing it. Wait. So, so you want
1: to you want to know how this chicken tastes? If you do want to know, I want to know the
0: outcome. Like, <laughs> I want to like you thought I'm you so the outcome. I so I'm so curious about this. Way to cook chicken. Maybe she stumbled. Like, it just looks terrible, but it might be good. Maybe. Who knows? I, mean I will not eat it. But we killed Robin Thick because we thought he lost something when <laughs> Robin Thick was like, I was cheating because he can't cook. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. But... The reality of the situation is I was like, um, Paula, this don't look good. (laughs) And then she said she cooked the chicken for her son's class. And I'm like, so all these kids did all of a lot of
0: chicken. It was like three big bowls of chicken. I'm like, so all the kids dead now. And I mean, it must be good to be rich. Cause you know how much oil she had to go through. Cause she ruined every batch (laughs) <laughs> she had to like start over every single time oh
1: i am so confused, right and then she she recorded the follow-up video from mexico she was like i'm in mexico with my son and we're like great great for you paula you probably ran <laughs> to mexico to escape because we was roasting your ass here in the states lord have mercy
0: so for for those before we move on i'm gonna let y'all know You want to season your chicken and you want to season your flour before you throw it in grease. That is the proper way to season your chicken. All right. You season your chicken. You season your flour. Okay. It's not that hard. Greases to or oils to use when you're frying me. I prefer peanut oil. Mm-hmm. I prefer peanut oil, but you can do canola. Mm-hmm. You can, if you want to get fancy, you can do coconut. You just got to get it hotter. Yeah, you can use coconut oil. Yeah, yeah. You ain't know I about
1: that. I don't, I don't know nothing about
0: that. I told you, man. I be I do this cooking thing for real. <laughs> now, what I don't use, which I've seen and heard people use, they use like vegetable shortening. Yes, like lard. Yeah, like and lard, right? Like, you can use vegetable shortening or lard. Um, oh, I like they make two different things. Yeah. They're two different things, right? But I don't use those two things, especially lard <laughs> that's just nothing but pig fat. Like, oh, you can fry chicken and duck fat too.
1: Yes, you can. I've had chicken fried in duck fat. Which is chicken really fried in
0: duck fat is fire, if y'all don't know. Honestly, yeah. anything fried in duck fat is fire. It's fire. Just letting y'all know. So, duck- Duck is just an impeccable meat. Yeah, but to keep it basic, get you some canola oil. Fry that chicken up. Don't use olive oil. Don't use avocado oil. (laughs) Things burn at different degrees.
1: So I'm I'm about to to put y'all onto some game that's a little... It's, it's, it's crossing the line a little bit. Like if, if you watch this, you're going to be like, this might be racist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Right. But if you go, if you go to YouTube, type in Miss Peaches fried at chicken. <laughs> there's a song in the music video about frying chicken. And there's this woman. I don't even, I don't know. If she's trans. I don't know if it's a man in a wig. I don't know if it's an actual woman that just looks rough. But Miss (laughs) Peaches, be on that YouTube singing, fry that chicken, fry that chicken. You hear me? Fry that chicken. And it is the most bizarre thing that I've, one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen on YouTube. But it shows you how to fry chicken properly.
0: I didn't didn't really, I've been oblivious to the fact that like there's this many people out in the world that don't know how to fry chicken. Same, same. (laughs) It's like, even if she didn't put any seasoning, it would have been better than what she did. (laughs) Like, I'll take some unseasoned chicken before I take Paula Patton's chicken.
1: Have y'all ever, have y'all ever tasted or Jeff, have you ever tasted unseasoned chicken? Like with no seasoning on it?
0: Yes, I have. And this is, I can, I remember the time and I know when, right? Shout out to my uncle, <laughs> but I'm. let me explain, right? My uncle has a lot of health issues right now, right? He's okay. older okay. Um, and his doctor told him he can't have salt anymore, right? No salt, no yep. sodium. So like I was at a conference in San Diego. I went to go eat there and it's his diet. So I had it. And I'm a fat dude. Like, y'all can see me now. I ain't small. There's not too many times where I be like, yo, I'm only going to eat one serving of this. Like, the actual serving size. Okay. That day, I was like, nah, I'm good. I don't need seconds. <laughs> I don't need seconds. I'll pick something up on the way back to the hotel because I can't do this. But I know I have a I have a homeboy because he's not a great cooker. He doesn't season his chicken. He boils his chicken and just eats it. Yeah. Yeah, he would just like he legit told me that like y'all just boil. He will. <laughs> he boil everything together too. He'll boil his vegetables and his chicken and his together and just eat it. Like, <laughs> like, bruh. Bruh. bruh, bruh. That's not how you cook. He's like, I don't know how to cook, but so that's what I do. What? So there's a lot. There's people out here, man, that be struggling. They be struggling, man. They be struggling. Boiled chicken. <laughs>
1: That sounds awful. The only time I boil chicken is when I'm making Nigerian stew.
0: Yeah, if you're making a broth or something. Like, you're making a soup. Right. <laughs> no. What? He just boiled his chicken and vegetables together and ate it. I'm like, ooh. Whew. He needs
1: to be married. He needs to be married. Marry him off tomorrow. Shout out. He engaged.
0: <laughs> he just, he told me. Actually, Good. he didn't tell me. I was frustrated with him because I found out via his fiance tagging him on in Instagram. Like I'm out here with my fiance. And I'm like, dude, you got a whole fiance out here. And you ain't told me
1: save this man from a life of bull chicken. Please <laughs> save him. That's hope awful. you hear
0: this episode too. I'm still salty.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> I'm I hope like, you never chicken. subject your wife to that bull chicken because she going to leave you dude. She going to leave you. And I would, I would support her for leaving you for that bowl of chicken because that sounds a hot mess.
0: Mm, mm, Paula Patton mm. and her chicken. Mm, mm.
1: Paula! <laughs>
0: Why? Well Once again, follow Dr. J underscore FRM underscore LA. Dr. J from LA. If you want to see me mm. cook Paula Patton's chicken recipe. Oh my God. This is I'm going to do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna waste a lot of chicken, but I'm gonna do it. And we're gonna see where this ends up. Good luck with wasting 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 money and food. But I ain't wasting mine. We gotta get these gotta get my list gotta get our listeners up, so let's
1: (laughs) do what I gotta do. Truth. (laughs) Truth. You know what? You know what? Okay. So how about this? Let's let's do it on the same day. Cause we, we got two different time zones going on and all that kind of stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not frying chicken at nine 30 at night while you <laughs> in your house at six o'clock. No, I do not want my house to be smelling like old slave pantries at nine o'clock when I'm trying to go to bed. No. So <laughs> let's just pick a day where we both do the parlor and post it to the web and post it to the, the Instagram. I, Mm, mm. I just, <laughs> ooh, 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 Paula, Paula. Man.
0: I love you, though. I love you, though, but... um,
1: I, I love Paula Patton, but she, just, no.
0: Just don't cook chicken no more. Or I know you got a chef. Your chef can teach you how to cook chicken. Like, you have disposable income where you can figure this out.
1: Yeah. Like, my mother, she is a box-top chef. Like, she will only cook from a box and all that kind of stuff like that. But one thing she knows how to cook so well is fried chicken that I can never take it away from my mother. I love her fried chicken. And we grew up on my stepfather's food because he was the cook. And my mother would cook sometimes, but not all the time. But one thing that she could cook better than him and will always cook better than him is fried chicken. Can't take it away from the woman.
0: Yeah. It's a staple. Can't say, that for, a staple. Can't say that for Paula. Can't say that for Paula. That lets you know how much Robin Thicke loved his wife, because they were together for a minute, and then he just couldn't take it no more, and, and had to give somebody that could cook. <laughs> I
1: I wonder if he was truthful to her, like, hey, this just ain't good.
0: Let's let's talk about that for a minute, right? Yeah, because that is one of the things that my wife learned early on about me. It's. And she she does it now, which I'm proud of her for doing. It's like, yo, I'm not about to sit here and eat something I don't like. Like, and her and she's Mexican, so for her culture, like, she was like, that is so rude not to mm-hmm. eat what is presented to you. But it's like, but I don't like it. I don't like, it. <laughs> that's that's the thing, right? And there's a respectful way to tell somebody you don't enjoy what you're eating. You don't have to be an asshole about it. But if I don't tell you I don't like this dish, next time I come back over here and they make it again, that means I got to eat this shit for a second time. Like <laughs> I'm not about to do this.
1: Like I'm not.
0: So no. one of the things which, like for me, it's a texture mm. thing, not a taste thing. I got to say that to my Mexican folks out there. It's a texture yes. thing. Pozole. Mm-hmm. I don't like pasole. It's a texture mm. thing with the hominy, which is corn. Um, it's just soggy to me. I'm not really a big fan of like soggy things. So yes. I don't like pozole because of the corn. It's, it tastes like soggy corn nuts to me. Like that's what it tastes like. So yeah. I don't rock with it. I, I made it for my wife. She loved it. Like I could cook it, but it's just not something that I'm going to always thoroughly enjoy and eat. And our family makes it a lot when they make it. I'm like, yeah. I'm about to go get me something else to eat. <laughs> and they know that like, or her mom mm-hmm. makes a makes me a whole nother dish. If she makes a posole, mm-hmm. she makes something for me to eat because she knows I don't like it. But if I yeah. never express that, I'll be stuck eating something I don't like. So right. my wife, she doesn't like gumbo. It's the she doesn't like like the gumbo filet taste, right? She doesn't really she doesn't really like it. Just she doesn't like the taste. She loves all the things that go in the gumbo. She just don't like the gumbo filet. So. Okay, when the family makes gumbo, you don't have to okay. eat that. I'm not gonna make you eat that, right? Because there's a Mexican version of gumbo too that
1: Mexicans make. That's really good too.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm, it's I'm, essentially, su- I'm surprised by that. Yeah, it's it's just the it's just a flavor. It's like a flavor profile for it, which I get.
1: Oh, okay, so gotcha.
0: my point is, yo, if you don't like something, man, t- stop being afraid out here in these streets. Don't be sitting through terrible dinners. If your partner can't cook, let them know because all they gonna do is continue <laughs> to cook. St- terrible food and you out here cheating on at in and out or burger king fire guys like you out here cheating on your partner with food because they can't cook versus just telling them yo this the same for you
1: yeah that's just like so my partner's from another country too and he cooked these eggs one time and from where he's from they put flour in the eggs and and fry them up and i'm like what the what what is that and I ate it, and I was like, oh, hell no. Like This is not for me. And he like, do you like it? I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, look, I'm going to be honest. No, I don't like this. Don't put no more flour in my eggs, please. I don't want right. these starchy eggs.
0: <laughs> what I will tell people, always try it, though. You do at least have to try it. You can't just look at something and be like, I don't like it. Like, I don't do mm-hmm. that. Like, try it. Then you can with confidence be like, no, I don't like it. Because some things that don't look good actually taste good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I learned that with Indian food. I'm like, yo, that don't look too appealing. And then I tried like, yo, but this is fire. So like, it is. Yeah. give everything a go. But if you don't like something, you gotta let people know, especially if you're gonna be in a relationship with them. Like, yeah, because all you're doing is torturing yourself. Like, why are you torturing yourself? Like, that's yeah. something I'm not got to do. Like, I'm not about to subject myself to this for no reason at all. When I can just tell you, I don't like it.
1: Right. Like even those foods that are borderline for you, right. That are, you know, not common to you. Like take trace leches for instance, instance. I have a love, hate relationship with trace leches. Trace leches is so, it tastes so good, but the texture is super soggy and I hate it. I hate the texture, but I love the taste. And it's, yeah. it's it's a, it's a love hate relationship with me, and I'll tell people like, look, I don't really care for trace light chase because of the texture, but I will eat it sometimes if I want the
0: taste. Yeah, I'm the same. It depends on the bakery for me. Yeah, because some people make it way too soggy, where yeah. it's just like I can't really. Once again, I'm not great with soggy things. Like I don't. I think childhood trauma. I'm gonna get my we going I'm gonna get my girl on here to talk about childhood trauma. But I think mm-hmm. it steals from like you get you get some cereal. I've been playing around too long and the cereal and got <laughs> soggy. Now my mom and made me me to eat the soggy ass cereal. So I'm like, I don't want nothing soggy. No more. Mm-hmm. So, no more. so but for for Thresh Leches, it's definitely for me, it depends on the ba- mm-hmm. bakery. It depends on yeah. the bakery. So I get that. Like I rock with you with that. So yeah man just stop lying to folks be yourself be with who you actually want to be with and who actually Mm -hmm. wants to be with you for you and that's a perfect transition to Mm -hmm. the comments made by uh channing crowder a football player former who former football player who has some things to say about russell wilson and sierra's relationship Um, And he's not the first one to make these comments, by the way, I've, I've heard other people on other shows have the same thought and opinion about Russell Wilson, about Sierra and why she's with Russell because of who she was in a relationship with before then. Right. So for those who don't know, last week. There's a sports podcast. I'm blanking on the name. I like the podcast, actually. It's really dope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but I'm blanking on the name of it. So I'm not about to pull it up. But uh, Channing Crowder, they get into this conversation and Russell Wilson for all, like people think Russell Wilson is a cornball. Like they think he corny. Why do they think he corny? Because once again, for so many people still, they have this idea of what it means to be black. And Russell Wilson doesn't fit that mode for them of what it means to be black, so I think he's corny, and he's married to Sierra, but everyone knows Sierra was engaged to the players of all players <laughs> future mhm yep. before getting with Russell Wilson. So people naturally try to make this connection, like how do you go from future, right, who for a lot of black men is like, I don't know why they this do so much, but they do like they they want to be future. How you go from future who is, quote unquote, not corny, right, um, represents their idea of what blackness is or black male is. And you go to Russell Wilson, who is the polar opposite, right? And people speculate it's a money situation, right? Like it's a money situation, like Sierra broke. Like that's the funny thing to me, like Sierra broke, like Sierra Black China, (laughs)
1: like... (laughs) Definitely not broke by far.
0: Right? So So it it led to this huge debate on social media about their relationship, how and why Sierra's with Russell. Um, And what I want to say, at least for me, that just clearly lets me know y'all don't know. Y'all didn't, y'all don't even care to know who Sierra really is. Right. Right. Because it actually makes way more sense. It does. She's with Russell Wilson. than she was when she was with future like when i found out she was with future i was hella confused i'm like what like these two are the polar opposites so who she's with now is more in line with her values like what she actually care about in life like I remember watching a video when Future talked about the first time he slept with Sierra and she prayed after they she wanted them to pray afterwards. hmm Yeah. So what do you mean, like her and Russell are in a match or like it's weird. It's weird to me. Like y'all 100%. don't care, y'all really don't care about these women and who they are, actually. You just see Sierra as this beautiful woman and just leave it at that.
1: Right. Right. And that's that's interesting because, uh, and and Jeff, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's exactly what people are doing. They're equating Sierra's bond to Russell. Well, they're they're just looking at Russell. They're not even looking at Sierra as a whole person, right? Like they're not seeing her as a, a, a whole person who actually enjoys praying and doing godly things and being a godly Christian woman and all that other kind of stuff like that. They only see the other side of Sierra or, or the fantasized version of Sierra, which is you know the street hood chick or whatever have you or they, they only see Sierra as a joke or the butt of their jokes and they don't see her as a whole person. and and, and honestly, y'all don't know these people. y'all don't know these people at all <laughs> to even be passing these kinds of judgments about who they're with and why they're with those people that they're with. That is a beautiful connection that the two of them have. And I'm in full support of it because it makes sense, like Jeff said, why they're together. He's a godly Christian man. He comes from a stable family structure. He wants to build his own stable family structure. He wants to have a person who is just like him, which I think Sierra fits his you know, uh, partner profile pretty well.
0: <laughs> like, uh, Ryan Clark was like, I agree with you. Like he, Ryan Clark basically was like Sierra woman, Russell, because she wanted something stable. She wanted to get away from the toxicity of future. So she went to the next thing. Just because he's stable. That's why she's with them. Like completely ignoring the fact that no, they actually love each other. And there's something there. It's not that she wants something stable. And even if she did, this is what frustrates me uh, so much about this conversation. Y'all are mad at Sierra for choosing someone who's going to be faithful for her, be there for Hello. their kids. Y'all mad at her for that versus, not, and y'all supporting Future, who has like 20,000 baby mamas out here in these streets. He does. Allegedly ain't taking care of none of them. <laughs> like, yes yes. yes, yes. Like, if. If it was reverse and I had the option of being with a woman who didn't give a damn about me and was just out here running these streets and being with someone who actually cares for me, loves me, wants to be with the family, only me, guess what I'm choosing. Why are y'all so mad that she's not choosing a toxic abusive ass relationship?
1: That's the part that gets me. I don't understand
0: like how how are you taking an l because you're a faithful father who like is there for your kids and also there for another man's kid like how is he, he the loser in this like situation right yeah. like and that's what he says like baby future is his that's his child like he calls him his son he only like that's my stepson or nothing no that's my, that's son. my son
1: no that's real that's super real
0: so like how is he the lame in the situation just because he's not this model of black that you want him to be. Like, that's the part where it's like, Y'all be killing me out here, man. Y'all be making zero sense.
1: People gonna be mad about anything. They just want something to be mad about. They wanna be miserable and well, they're miserable and they want other people to be miserable and look at other people to in their happiness and poop all over it. They do. <laughs>
0: like Russell and Sierra just be out here doing their thing, doing their own lovey-dovey Instagram posts, which for y'all, y'all seem corny. For me, I'm like, yo, that is a loving relationship. It's That's dope that, that they have fun with each other, right? That they laugh at each other's jokes, that they get each other. It's their relationship.
1: Yeah, y'all, absolutely. That, like,
0: it's crazy to me. Like The things people spend their energy on is crazy to me, right? <laughs> it's just... Oh, man.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. I, I I don't get it. Y'all are weird. Y'all are weird on the Internet. I don't <laughs> get y'all. I don't understand y'all. And I wish that y'all stopped doing this to people because when you stop doing this to people, you'll see that you're miserable and you'll take care of yourself. Right. Stay off the shade room comments and stuff like that, because what you're doing is you're avoiding your own life and you're avoiding your own misery and trying to project that on someone else. But let's take a look at your own stuff. Let's go to therapy and work through your own stuff.
0: And speaking of therapy and working on your own stuff, let's uh talk about Daniel. Because, because Roth Daniel is, is the name of a comedy special currently on HBO.
1: Yeah.
0: Um even though it's not his name, Gerard Carmichael, <laughs> um, <laughs> dropped uh, over the week or on April Fools. He dropped it on April Fools. And because mm-hmm. he did it on April Fools, a lot of people was like, this can't be real, right? Like they thought it was a joke. Um, but I sat down and actually I saw it during work. I like to have things playing in the background. And starting Roth Daniel at work wasn't that great of an idea because I ended up losing like 30 minutes of my workday because I was so invested in, I can't even call it a routine, I was so invested in the conversation he was having, the self-exploration he was having during that moment where I was like, all right, I can't call this a comedy special because it hasn't been really that funny for the last 30 minutes.
1: It was not funny at all.
0: (laughs) But this is so engaging. And like I just couldn't turn away. And I was just watching this man really go through Like trying to figure shit out with himself, with his friends, particularly with his mom. Um, So it made me like hit Jarrell up and was like, yo, have you seen Roth Daniel? If not, you need to watch it. And because I wanted to have a conversation on just your thoughts on it um, and kind of bounce back and forth and really get people to really watch and kind of understand what this special was about. And I think how groundbreaking this special really is. So, if y'all did so, Gerard Carmichael um, reveals that he's gay in this comedy special. Um, so that's the big news from it, and he proceeds to just sit down and really have a conversation with his audience. He allowed; they were asking him questions as he was really trying to figure this out, like what his relationships look like, what it means for him to be gay. Because you can see he's still working his way through coming out and what does that mean for him um and it was just dope like it was really really dope um and really really deep so i really wanted to just have a conversation about it so this is our first time talking about it with each other um and i really want to just have a conversation about it because i thought it was i thought it was amazing
1: yeah like i was telling one of my friends earlier i was like "Eh, it wasn't that funny but i don't think that that was the point i don't think the point and, and to call it a comedy special is a little misleading I think that just like you know you said jeff it is a a a revelation of sorts right it's a it's a reckoning of sorts for him through his art form which is comedy or his platform which is being on the stage right like I i liken it more to an engaging family conversation that has a a lot of truth and a little bit of funny So you might be having those moments with your family where y'all sitting around and y'all talking about the family and all that kind of stuff like that. And you might be mentioning some stuff that might be funny, but then other parts are like super serious because they're revealing things to you about the family that you didn't know. And I felt like Jared Carmichael was inviting us in to his personal space as his family, right? And sharing an intimate truth about himself that was super dope. I love the way that he did it. And I love the way he built up the to the to the point where he he talked about it. That was interesting because I was like, oh, "What you mean your daddy ain't the only one with secrets? What secret <laughs> you got?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, wow, that's interesting. Cool, you know, cool." And then and everybody in the audience was like, "Oh." cool okay this is different right because we are growing up we've grown up with comedians who in a post tasha k society i will not say who those names are but what i will say (laughs) is we have a lot of comedians out there who have been speculated to be homosexual right or have been you know speculated to be bisexual whatever have you they just were not completely heterosexual according to some people and, and you can Google it. It's an easy Google search for those suspected gay comedians, right? But what I will say is we've had so many comedians who we've suspected and never knew, but now we have one who's actually bringing us into his truth. And we're like, whoa, that's interesting. And that's also exciting as well, that he is able to do that when others have not been able to do that. You know, I had a conversation with a choir director at a college a long time ago who you knew he was gay right like he he reminded me of holiday heart <laughs> if y'all ever seen holiday heart he reminded me of holiday heart he had his little pocketbook which he called a satchel i was like that's a purse niece that's a purse <laughs> that ain't no pocketbook but whatever uh so he had his pocketbook uh, his, his satchel excuse me that he liked to carry around and he was the choir director at a, at this co- this particular college, and he told me he said, "Look, I wasn't able to come out as gay throughout my lifetime, and he had a wife that he's with still, and they're they're elderly, but he's like, my wife knows every part of who I am, and every part of who I'm not. He ain't even had to tell me no more, right? And he's never told me." That he was gay he never said those words he was like but in my day what he did say is in my gay in my day excuse me not my gay in my day we could not come out and say that we like guys or whatever have you because that puts you in danger and being from a certain city that this person is from and i'm not going to say which city but being from a certain city that this person is from back in you know the 60s 70s 80s i've heard stories of how people who were gay were treated and it's pretty bad. I mean, I was treated kind of bad. I wasn't treated as bad as I've heard you know, the, my, my, my gay predecessors, but what I will say is they've been treated pretty bad. And so I I got it, I understood. And so he said the route for him was to go ahead and get married and have children because that was the expectation from the family as well as other people around you All the while, you were hiding and sneaking and being with men on the side and all that kind of stuff like that because that's what you really wanted for yourself, but it wasn't the ideal situation. And so for Jared Carmichael to come out and say, look, this is my truth and this is who I am, I think we're living in a time that is so dope to me because just as I think about it, back in the 90s in Baltimore, growing up in Baltimore as a young gay kid, I was tormented. You know, I was teased to death about being gay. And I had to, you know, tell people, no, I ain't gay, like da da da, da. And I had to, like, be super butch, super masculine, all the time kind of stuff like that, doing stuff that I didn't want to do. I had girlfriends that I didn't want to be girlfriends with. I mean, not girlfriends. I, girlfriends that I didn't want to be with. I was just with them because that was what I was supposed to do as a teenager until I realized, why the hell am I living my life for somebody else?
0: I'm going to live it for me. Yeah. and it's, it's it was moments where he he's a comedian, so he he makes light of these things, right? And he yeah. was like, he felt like he came out too late, right? Like oh, he, he, as sad. he was like dissecting that, right? Like, because yeah. the the com- his fans in the audience once he revealed himself, it was it was silent for a minute because people were shocked, right? Like, or they were like, is this a joke? Like, where are you mm-hmm. going with this? But once they realized, no, he is really revealing himself to us right now, they started to give him love, right? And he yeah. was like, thank you for that. But um, you were speaking like being from Baltimore and being from, you know, an era where, like, being gay just – people, it, like, just wouldn't accept the fact that they were gay men out in the world, right? Nope. It always it had to be an excuse. It had always had to be a reason. Um and I worked in North Carolina. Actually, I worked in Wisdom, Salem, where Gerard Carmichael is from. And seeing how even in 2013, 2012, 2013, I think I was there, how residents of mine who were gay were treated in North Carolina, Wisdom, Salem particularly, I can see why it will take someone like Gerard like time to really like grapple with the fact. Like even now he he was like one joke. He was like, even today, I'm like, damn, I'm gay. Like I'm really gay out here. Right. Like it's still shocking right. to him to come to this realization, like of who he is and stepping into that. Um, and to, once again, to see that play out on stage, to see him like really go through and try to figure out, his relationship with his mom ever since he told her and how that's changed and not really sure, like if she'll ever accept it, right? Like somebody, like one of the audience audience members, like you gotta give her time. It took you a while to get there. You gotta give him time. And he was like, but how much time? Like, Like, you know what I mean? Like it's my mom, like how much time do I give her? Right? It was, once again, it was just, it was crazy. Like he was having a legit therapy session. On stage and it once again it was just riveting to watch. And it's one of those things that I'm going to watch again. Um because yeah. it was it was deep and it was shot beautifully. Like the close ups mm-hmm. and all of, like it is an amazing thing to watch. Um and a, a very brave and courageous thing to watch. Cause even though we in twenty twenty two, we still not in a space where particularly black men are embraced um black men who aren't the i'm thinking of what's the i'm blanking on his name uh he's on the the show pose um billy porter yeah like unless you're like overly flamboyant and out there like gerard isn't that right so like right you're not like that, right? And it's still it's right. still like a stigma around that, where like it is. It's it it's is. just interesting. I liken it to people
1: telling light skinned black people back in the nineteen, let's say early nineteen hundreds, "Oh, you can pass." And yeah. so, you know, that that's either some people see it as a good thing, some people see it as a bad thing that you can pass for white, right? Just like for people who are a little bit more cisgendered, like myself, we, you know, I I, I hate when people say it. I I understand what they're saying, but, you know, I I hate when they say it like, oh, well, you can pass for being straight. I'm like, I'm just trying to be straight. That's the Mm -hmm. ghetto. I ain't trying to be over there with y'all. It's like, no, (laughs) but, but, um, yeah. And so that that's interesting that you know a lot of men aren't accepted for you know just simply being themselves and with jared in jared's case i honestly felt empathy for him because i had a different situation my mom has always known who i was <laughs> um, even before i knew who i was and when i revealed my identity to my mom. And and we talked about this on another show. When I revealed my identity to my mom, she was like, oh, I knew. I I just figured you was just trying to, like, you know, keep it from me. I was like, you know, like I've never had to experience what it felt like to not have my mom's support. My mom has supported me in everything since day one. And there are people out there who would who who probably will never have their mother's support or their family support, right? Like my family's very supportive of me as well. And I'm sure that must be hard.
0: It's for me, it's the perfect case study when when I'm having these conversations with people who just fail to accept that um your sexuality isn't a choice. Right? It's not. Who like fail to accept that. This is my case study. Like I'm gonna start like, yo, go watch Rock Daniel. Like see what he's dissecting and going through on that stage, who will ever make that choice? Nobody. And the way he sets it up, he sets it up to let you know how important his mom is to him. Yep. Like, he sets it up, how he felt horrible for not telling his mom that his dad was cheating, like all these things, how he always felt protective and loved his mother. He sets it up. Then, to come full circle, for him to be dissecting how that relationship has all been altered, not by the cheating and him holding that secret. It's by him being gay, right? She was willing to accept that her son didn't tell her one of the most hurtful things she's probably ever experienced. Preach. But she struggles more with the fact that her son is gay. So when people fail to acknowledge that sexuality isn't a choice, look at that situation why in the fuck will someone choose to lose their mom that they care that much about over a choice? Preach. Like that's the part I want people to get. And that's the part I want people to understand. And that's for me. That's why I was so like, I felt I felt for him. Like I couldn't imagine being in that space in that energy. Cause like you could tell he just needed a hug. Right. And not a hug from anyone there, but a hug from his mom. Like, Mama. like, that's what he wanted in that moment. And, yo, it was crazy to me. And like, that's why for me, I was like, yo, you got to watch this. We got to talk about it because, yeah. you know, like, I remember I told somebody, they were like, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Rathaniel with, uh, with, with Jarrell. And they were like, why? Because he's gay? No, that's not why. <laughs> <Yeah>. not <at laughs> it's all. just a, not it's all. a dope thing. It's a dope yeah. conversation to have. It just so happened that he's that Jarrell is gay, but it's that's not right. why. Like that's not right. what our relationship is built upon. Like, right, I'm straight one. He's a gay one. Right. Gay one. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not what this is about. He's straight. <laughs> I'm gay. He's
1: straight. <laughs> I'm gay. We gay. Like no, that's not but
0: it. It's like, but I know Jarrell will get it from this macro mm-hmm. level. While everybody's yeah. looking at this at a micro level, for me, I was on that macro where it was like, yo. This is absolutely brilliant. It's courageous, and I hope. And he and he even says like, I know my mom is going to watch this. He wasn't performing for y'all. He was literally trying to talk to his mom. To His mama. like that. Roth Daniel was for his mom. It was.
1: It is and a that's why. Conversation.
0: Right. And that's why so I go back to telling mom. people like this shit ain't a choice, dog. Like not. Like, no one would choose that. Like, no one chooses. Th- choose this thing like i won't say no one because people are self-destructive and they choose things to destruct like their life but in this situation that's not what's happening man Yeah, um, and we need to do better as a community of just loving people for who they are right and and stop trying to be fucking psychologists and, and scientists for everybody like if this person tells you they're nine binary you ain't got to dissect what that means just accept it for what it is right if you don't understand it that's cool but Mm -hmm. this their sexuality is not for you to understand but it's for you to accept right like that's all they're asking for just accept it right and it took me a while to get there like legit like when people used to say they were non-binary i'm like i don't understand like I, I played the, so what is it about the gender or do you, you don't just like the gender role? Cause you just say, I just don't subscribe to that role and still be a male or a female, but it's deeper than that. Yeah, it is. Right. Like, and I had to have conversations with people to understand that. Cause for me, I was coming from a very male dominated, hyper-masculine male environment. Like that's what I came from. Right. Like I came from that where you couldn't show emotion. And I still, like, I don't show emotion to this day because of that shit. And it's not, and it's destructive. Like, <laughs> cause when it comes to a head, that shit comes to a head. Like I mm-hmm. blow up because I've been holding shit because that's what I was taught to do. Mm-hmm. Same, same, same. So, not- watch, Rock, watch Rock Daniel, man. It's, 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 it's riveting. It's, it's great. It is funny in moments. <laughs> like I said, yes. the first half, first half is funny. He's doing this thing, and then the last half is just—I mean, you can't turn away from it. It's—it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's very um, serious. And I know draw might not ever hear this, but you know, you got my support, man. Word. That's it. That's it. Um, <laughs> you got anything foolish for me today? <laughs>
1: Let me think about this. Um,
0: Besides, Paul and that damn chicken. Oh, Paul
1: and <laughs> this chicken! Lord, Jesus! So I did have an educated or foolish, but I need to research it because I don't know if it's true or not. Got so it. let me let me research it. But oh, you know what? Actually, I do have an educated or foolish. So I just responded to something on Facebook today because I was like, uh, "Sir, what?" So this guy on Facebook made a post, and he said, I've never dated a woman who has invited me over for food or who's ever asked me, did I want a plate? I could be on the phone with them while they're cooking, and they still wouldn't even invite me over for a meal. Y'all females is grimy. Y'all dirty and don't respect men. This is literally his assertion. Educated or
0: foolish. <laughs> All right. So let me let me make sure I got this right. Yeah. He is upset because he could be on the phone with a young woman mm-hmm. and she could be cooking. Mm-hmm. And she don't invite him over to eat with her. Yes. And so because of that, he throws out this blanket ass statement that women today are rude because they want to invite him over for a plate.
1: That's, that's where yeah. we're at. Yeah, sure is. I don't
0: know what's wrong with my with with my heterosexual males out here, but um, this is what I, <laughs> one. And we talked about this before, like as it relates to like friendships and like friend zoning and all those things, right? Just because you're talking to someone doesn't mean they're comfortable enough or even care enough about you or like you. To the fact that yeah, come on over to my house and I'm going to cook you this meal or give you this meal. Like, what is this relationship that you have with this person? Is this just some lady you just been DMing and don't really know? Or is it somebody that you actually put in some equity, like some time and sweat equity in? to? then, like, I can see if I'm talking to a girl, right? we've been dating and she just never invites me over to to eat. One, you might be lucky because she can be Paula Patton. Two, um, she just, like, that is not where your relationship is. I don't think, like, I know at least women in my circle, if they rock with a dude and y'all are an item, like, it has been established, you're com- You you're going to get fed. You're going to come over for more than just food. The problem is these women that are inviting you over, they know you don't really care about the food. Right. Like, I think that's what a lot of dudes fail to realize when y'all are hopping in. One, y'all. The way y'all hop into these DMs and what y'all be saying is so out of pocket, like oh, so out of pocket. But so it's foolish for you to expect that of a woman just because you and her DMs are you talking to her for her to invite you over for a meal. You ain't you ain't her meal dude. You are the guy I just text every now and then. Like that's who you are. Accept your role. If you want to be more than that, then state that. Right. And if you have that big of a problem, I would have, I would have been brought it up. Like, man, we, you always cooking, but you ain't never invited me over. Maybe she's waiting on that. Step your game up, dog. Step your game up. I've been out of these streets for a long time, but I still know how to get in the house if I wanted to.
1: (laughs) Hello. Hello. It's
0: not that hard. Like that's simple. Like, yo, you cook all the time, girl. When are you going to invite me over one day? You think she's just gonna come out of the blue and do that? Right. right. And if she, and for me, I've always lived by the famous words of my man Tupac I hate to sound sleazy, but tease me. So if you invite me over that easy, I ain't coming. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, nah, I'm good. It's too easy. It's too easy. So foolish. Foolish.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have anything else to add. That, that's Foolish.
0: Perfect. Dudes are crazy out here, man. I it's don't know. It's, it's 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 hard out there in these streets. Yeah. I'm glad I ain't in them. I ain't never going back. <laughs> um, and on that note, this is the Educated Food Podcast. I am one half of the Educated Food. This is Dr. J. And
1: I'm Jarrell. Peace, everybody. Peace,
0: peace. See ya. Or right. y'all get us next Monday. We out. Peace.